the Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric Branson, Ajay Salveson. Wow, what an interesting afternoon in the NBA. Can't say that I'm really surprised after... The way things were going last night, some of the post-game comments and the way things continued uh, to develop today and different uh, news reports unrelated to sports, uh, but uh, players getting involved and making statements and uh, multiple teams now making a statement by not participating in their games. It started this afternoon, 2 o'clock, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic. The Milwaukee Bucks did not come out for their pregame shoot-around. And then they stayed in their locker room before, in th- throughout the, the period where the game was supposed to be starting. And uh, uh, there are reports that Milwaukee executives and, and even NBA executives went into their locker room to have discussions with the Milwaukee Bucks players uh, about uh, the, playing the game today. But they decided collectively to boycott the game today and as a result, other games have been postponed as well because other teams following suit. Uh, one of the things that is important to clarify here, the NBA has issued a, a statement saying that these games are that. They are postponed. Milwaukee will not be assessed a forfeit. And uh, the Orlando, Orlando Magic given a win. Uh, but uh, all the games that were to be taking place today are considered postponed and so it's the Milwaukee Bucks Orlando Magic that was going to be their game five earlier this afternoon Oklahoma City Thunder and Houston Rockets that game was scheduled to be taking place at about 4 30 this afternoon and the nightcap was to be the uh, the Portland Trailblazers against the Los Angeles Lakers but all of those games have been postponed the games tomorrow have not been officially postponed or any action taken for those games, but I would be surprised, Ajay, shocked even, if any of those games happen tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I had to adjust our headset. It was blown through my ears. Uh, man, do you remember, you, you do, probably as clear as day as well, when the Jazz Oklahoma City Thunder game was about to happen, and things kind of curtailed to where teams walked off the court, referees walked off the court, and that was that. And then we didn't see basketball for three and a half months, give or take four months. Like this is just as much as that as anything. This is bizarre. It's definitely unprecedented. Uh, so, you know, how does that affect what's going on with the Jazz and their series? Uh, how does that affect the uh, the rest of the NBA bubble going forward? Does the whole thing collapse? Uh, as we heard, their players are going to be having a meeting later this evening at about 6 o'clock our time to discuss the future of the playoffs and how to move forward. So I think there's a whole big wait and see after that meeting concludes later on this evening with all the players. Yeah, eight, uh, I guess 6 p.m. Mountain Time is when that uh, meeting is, should be happening. All the NBA players have been invited to it to discuss the boycott uh, or anything further from that. Uh, now joining us here on our show, and we're grateful to have him uh, be a part of uh, our station as he is the radio play-by-play voice for the Utah Jazz on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Honor and privilege, David Locke, how are you? I'm good. Pretty a historic day today. First time ever in the history of any of our major sports that there's been a, a boycott of a game in the Milwaukee Bucks, whose team has been um, actively involved in this uh, for some time. Um, and unfortunately, it's had multiple player incidences of either pure racism or police brutality um, over the last few years has, you know, made quite a, quite an impact in the stand. And now they're, we'll see what the next step is. I, I, I suspect, um, I don't know, but I'd be surprised if, we, if this didn't continue for a day or so. You know, David, it was interesting. I would have all these questions listed down for, you know, recap nuggets. Jazz game five last night to preview game six tomorrow, but then all this boycott has kind of taken over in a in a whole new way. You are uh, close to the Utah Jazz and have a very close ear to the tracks, if I might say. The relationship of the players within that locker room 
can you talk about how meaningful it is for those guys and how much it means to them to be united as one, despite the different cultural backgrounds they might come from? Well, I mean, I think that all of these locker rooms, I, I don't know that I think it's unique to the Utah Jazz at this point, um, are going through quite an incredible time, right? So um, the Utah Jazz players, um, Donovan Mitchell has obviously got himself very much on the forefront of this, but um, m- many of the players are, um, at this point, you know, suddenly have been thrust into the role of being civil rights leaders. Um, and at the same time, they're in this unique circumstance where they're confined and spending a tremendous amount of time together. And so I think they're also holding conversations about life experiences and feelings and emotions and that they probably, you know, you, you, you don't hold unless you're really spending uh, an incredible amount of time with people. So I think this is turned to be, you know, the whole experience from COVID-19 to um, the civil rights movement that's taking place right now, uh, our modern civil rights movement to, you know, being in this bubble in the midst of all of that has, it has to lead to uh, collectiveness and a bonding that's very different than what is ever anyone's ever experienced before. Do you suspect that, um, Games will continue in the bubble. The playoffs will continue, or does this put a, a, a pretty good stop down to all of this? Is there a lot of players that were questioning if they should be there in the first place? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know the answer on that because I think I don't understand what the feeling is in the bubble. So, from an outside perspective, I thought LeBron James and Chris Paul post game the other night were really thoughtful and well spoken. Doc Rivers was unbelievable last night. Um, and I thought the players had been doing a marvelous job of having a balance, um, or not even a balance. I don't think they have to have a balance, uh, a marvelous job of just maintaining a voice and, um, having their thoughts heard. And I thought they were being heard. Now, maybe I'm just too in the bubble, right? Like I'm in the NBA bubble. So I hear everything they say, um, where I get a vibe that, it, that there's some feeling that they, you know, that they're not being heard. That I think, I think they feel as though that they may not be having an impact. Um, there's another aspect to this also of when you're, you know, they're isolated. They're not with the ones they love, and they're watching on television. There's another black man gets shot by the police. You know, that's a pretty, you know, you're feeling that your family's not safe, and you're feeling that you're, you know, that's a pretty incredible experience. And to not have people near you at that moment, I think is, um, is, um, is hard. So I think the bubble got harder too, when they went through the traumatic experience of seeing yet another black man, um, shot. So I think that that's or killed. Um, and I think so that there's just a lot of factors here. I do suspect that the playoffs will continue, but I don't know that I know, I don't know that I really know why I say that. I, I can give you a hypothesis with not a lot of factual basis on it. And so I think I I probably should not say anything because I don't quite understand what the mood in that bubble is. And I think that's a unique environment. Um, I did talk to three people earlier today before there were boy, before the boycotts, uh, before the Bucks boycott, that it was incredibly tense and that there was this real feeling inside that something had to be done. So it's not. I wasn't surprised when I started to hear that trickle out. That matched what I've been hearing earlier. So there's a an energy and an ecosystem going on right now inside the bubble that may be different than anything we can anticipate. David, I loved your tweet earlier today that you had listened to Doc Rivers last night. You had listened to Sam Mitchell on NBA TV, and then you tweeted disconnect between how the black person views and fills the world what the white person thinks of what the black person's world is the Grand Canyon. I hope it's okay to ask you this, but can you share what you've been able to learn and how much you've learned about uh, the the Black Lives Matter and the whole, uh, I guess, social justice thing? Can you just share what you've learned through it all this? I mean, I think what I've really learned more than anything else, and I haven't necessarily learned it always from our players as much as I've learned it from others and just talking and listening and, and actually asking the question that nobody ever really wanted to ask. That's, that's the regret that I probably have over the last decade is that there was this, the, I felt like there was in retrospect that like if I was holding a conversation with Johnny Bryant of the jazz staff, that there were probably three questions I would have liked to ask him, but I didn't want to seem like that guy 
asking the black guy that question. Mm. And fact of the matter is, I think he might've appreciated it, that I was concerned and interested and actually asked the question. And I think, you know, that's probably the first thing I've learned is that, you know, ask the question and be willing to learn because their life experience solely based on the color of their skin is vastly different than yours. And, you know, and, and then I'll, I'll be really honest. And this is probably the wrong thing that I've, I, and, and just by listening and, you know, I've learned, I didn't realize how universal the experience is. Um, you know, and we're, you know, in Logan, Utah right now, or, you know, our the black population might be a percent or two. Um, you know, we're, there's not, we don't have a lot of exposure. We live in Utah. Um, and so I'm not sure I understood quite that every single one of my black friends or any black citizen, that the rate of how much every one of them had been taught by their parents what to do in the case of an interaction with the police and that almost every single one of them have a story. And frankly, every single one of my friends um, that I've talked to do have a story about where they were harassed or bothered by the police. Every single one of them. That's, I didn't know that. Um, my wife has, happens to be Japanese, which is, you know, a minority. And when I kind of said that to her, she looked at me like, of course. So there's a level of ignorance on my part there where I think, you know, I've had to listen and I've had to learn. I thought I was pretty well um, informed, read, um, you know, in touch. And I think that was my biggest flaw. Uh, David, Chris Haynes is reporting that uh, uh, there's a sizable amount of players that are advocating to finish out the playoffs because of all the sacrifices that have been made to be a, a part of the bubble. But there's also a significant amount of players uh, that feel like they should consider these forfeits and that they shouldn't continue on to, to really signal a sacrifice that's being made to make a, a stronger statement. On that, I think I got the vibe the Milwaukee Bucks wanted to forfeit today. Wow, that that was the vibe I had on how this was playing out. I did not talk to anybody in the bubble. That was just and that the NBA quickly postponed all games so that they didn't have a forfeit. But I think that the I think that the Bucks wanted a forfeit. The Bucks wanted that statement. I, I think that's true. Also, it's it's expanding well, I mean, out beyond let, wait, basketball. Let me, let, me ba- let, wait, let me back up. Well, I just I want to quickly I, I, just say Milwaukee well, no, Brewers no, 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 are also going to no, cancel their actually, game. Okay, because I want to make sure I'm clear on what I'm saying. I don't know that as an NBA source. The Bucks didn't take the floor. The Magic did. It was not a it was not a unified thing between the Bucks and the Magic, right? The Magic True. went through warm-ups. The Bucks did not. That's where I surmised that the Bucks were willing to take a forfeit. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, and uh, just to, if if people didn't hear that, Milwaukee Brewers they're gonna they're gonna boycott tonight. They're not gonna play. Um, more, I guess more teams are also talking about not playing tonight, including the Seattle Mariners, um, who have the most Interesting. black players of any team in the Major League Baseball. So, is this is this more than just an NBA thing, then, David? Like, it's just like a sports wide thing that we're going to see happen. I mean, it should be a society wide thing. We have a major problem in our society. Sports often is the mechanism which these things get manifested, as was the case in 1968, as was the case of Jackie Robinson. As you know, that's not unusual for us. But I mean, we have a we have a problem in our society on this. Do you think that uh, we talk about that? You know, playing sports, uh, being able to continue the the, the game uh, gives athletes still a, a voice and an opportunity to have these. You know these messages and to and to talk about things that are really important to them in what's going on right now. Um, is there? Do you think would there be a concern that if these if there is a stop down that that would take away from that opportunity? So again, I I think we have to be careful here. Um, I don't know what a black man feels when he sees that video. Right. George Floyd made me sick to my stomach, but I don't know what a black man feels when he sees that. I don't know what a black man feels like when he sees another one two months later. It may not be like, I don't know the emotional toll. I don't know what they're feeling. I don't know that. 
So to value judge in turn whether their voice is being heard or not, I think is is not a place I'm comfortable being. I, as I said earlier in the interview, I thought the players have done a, a wonderful job of maintaining the social justice theme in the midst of playing. And that, you know, Chris Paul and LeBron James were both very well spoken the other night, I thought, after games and used their post-game platform on national television for that. And Doc Rivers, if you haven't heard Doc Rivers, just the pain oh, in heart last night. Like, if you haven't played that on your show today, you certainly should. Like, I think we're all, we all have an obligation to play that, frankly. Um, he's a you know, major spokesperson for the league and one of the most respected people. And for him to open up and share the way he shared last night was really an incredible moment. To me, those moments are happening because there's a media platform to them playing. So in that sense, I think they've done a really good job of, of maintaining that. But I'm not about to make a comment that would value judge whether or not that's the right approach. Cause I don't know the emotions and the feelings and, and where and how they sure and what they're going through. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you've been judicious with your time and we appreciate that. And there's a lot of issues going on today. If, and that's a big if right now, if these playoffs resume, um, the, the Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, battle has been so fun to watch I, right now it's still kind of hard for me to wrap my mind around sports after what's happening today but if it does continue uh, have we seen anything like that in a jazz playoff history with two players that uh, we've seen great players individually but i don't know if we've seen them at the same position go back and forth at each other like we're seeing so far in this series I mean, my only quick one that comes to mind is some of the KJ Stockton battles that might have taken place. But I mean, mm. you know, they had other scores. I think KJ had Tom Chambers and some other people, and and obviously in Donovan, you know, and John had Carl and Donovan. I guess has Mike Conley as a scorer, and Jamal has Jokic. Um, but at, you know, the level of of you know two fifty point games have never been ha- have never happened before in the history of the game. Um, you know, we're in a unique setting where I think the more the guys play in the exact same setting, their shooting's getting better. Um, I think they're beginning to shoot better and better and better and better every game because they're just so comfortable in this gym. Um, I think that they're not traveling and so they're more rested than they've ever been before. So they're, they're shooting better and better and better again. Um, so I think there's a real, um, there's some uniqueness to what's going on, but no, I mean, I mean, Jamal Murray was, really incredibly exceptional last night. Donovan was actually really great too. It just didn't seem like it. Cause you know, <laughs> Jamal Murray hit 14 of his first 17 shots of the second half. Good like, okay. Gosh. Like good night now. <laughs> hey David, uh, we greatly appreciate you. We know you, uh, you've got a lot of things going on right now, so we can't tell you how much we appreciate having you on our show. Best wishes. And we look forward to maybe, and hopefully soon hearing you on our station again on your play by play call. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks David. Uh, David Locke, very, uh, approaches the game in a very serious manner. It's not just about X's and O's. It's about the story that's going on. Dude, that was a thought-provoking. Like There was those breaks in silence, and I think people are kind of like, is somebody going to say something? But you almost just don't want to interrupt David from finishing what he was saying. I just feel like there was more that he was going to say, and I didn't want to just stop him, interrupt him, and take away you know, his platform to be able to talk on our show. And I... Um, I, I can't tell how much it meant to us that he would be willing to, to join us. He is a very busy guy today, to be very honest with you. And so uh, him just spending a few minutes with us was was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, as you said earlier, we would have loved to break down a lot of what happened in Game 5 and preview what could happen in Game 6. But it didn't seem right. Like No, it, it felt... it. I, I probably shouldn't even ask the question that I did ask that was sports-related. It felt weird to even no, ask. No, because I want, like, I want to somehow like find a way to connect the two, you know, the two trails together and say, okay, let's go to Game Five, Nuggets and Jazz last night. What did you see? What are the numbers you saw that stuck out to you the most? And I'm just telling you, like, it just never felt like it was there. Um, I'm glad you did ask about Murray and Mitchell because it is special. What we are seeing on the court between those two guys is nearly historic. It's it's incredible. And what they did last night, as David Locke mentioned, wasn't anything different from games one, two, three, and four. Um, and we'll get into that well, a little bit. And- Murray was was widely absent in games two and three. 
Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, but, I mean, the games where they needed him the most is where he came, he was the best. Right? Games one, I thought he was really good. I thought game four, he was absolutely spectacular. In game five, he opened the door, shut the door with the jazz hands still in between the door and the in the wall and jammed their fingers. I mean, that's, he just killed Utah in every which way. Now, granted, Utah made a bunch of mistakes along with that. Um, but, and we're going to get into all that and much, much, much more. Um, again, we don't, there is no official word on tomorrow's game at two o'clock mountain time, game six. We have no word on jazz nuggets, jazz nuggets yet. Expect to have an answer either by the end of our show, which is 6 p.m. mountain time or by the end of the night at some point. Just plan on that and well, as it was reported, on. players are supposed to be getting together at about six o'clock tonight. Mountain time, right? Uh, mountain time tonight. Um, there has been there are s- several different reports that there is a significant group of players who are comfortable with the boycotts today, and who knows if that takes place tomorrow as well. But they're they're comfortable with still continuing the playoffs and continuing the season, not a full shutdown. Uh, because they still feel like there is a platform for them to discuss you know, racial in- inequality and social justice, which has been very important to them. Um, but uh, we're seeing it now spread beyond just basketball. As I said earlier, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Cincinnati Reds, they're not going to play tonight. Uh, the game was scheduled to play be played at Miller Park. Uh, and so does that extend into the NFL college football what do they do to uh, you know stand up for some of these injustices and this insanity that is still going on today it it blows my mind that after everything that's happened this summer that an incident like that still takes place and then a kid with a AR-15 machine gun walks around shooting people, and he gets a Burger King, and uh, <laughs> and cops look right past him while everybody else is trying to chase him down. And then the police chief today of that community says, "Well, if they weren't out, if you past weren't out curfew. past your curfew, you wouldn't have got shot." I mean, really? I mean, how are we still in this place right now after everything that's been going on this summer? Yeah, it's um. I've kind of ran out of words to explain to you, man. I've kind of ran out of giving out the same answer to everybody. I feel like I've had, you know, different answers. Someone uh, tweeted to me today and said, "Aj, what good?" I mean, I'm paraphrasing here. In fact, I could read the tweet. I won't tell you who it's from. I said, "I'm curious to know what they are wanting to accomplish by this. This being the boycott of games, play the games for a movement and send the money to the earned cause, or, or money earned to the cause." Here's the problem, though is that playing and talking has done absolutely no good. That playing the game for the movement has done absolutely jack for the situation. We're still in the same exact problem. So why all of a sudden are we like, well, you should still play the games? No, they're not circus animals to you, nor should they be. And, and I tweeted out and I said, these are human beings, first and foremost. They are NBA players, yes, but they are human beings with feelings and opinions, and they want their voices to be heard. And some of them with very personal experiences. Yeah, in fact, Milwaukee, hey, they had a guy who went through something like that. I don't know if you read yeah, this. Yeah, It's not The cop put his uh, knee on his neck. Um, it, It's and enough. Tabo Cephalosha enough, got like, his leg broken. Yeah, got his leg broken, and they and he was the wrong guy. A couple guy. years ago. It was the wrong freaking guy. Yeah. They tore his ACL, and he was out for the season. And all the New York Police Department could offer is an apology. Oh, sorry. My bad. Wrong guy. Hey, we got the right guy, though, so we are still the heroes. That's not how it works anymore. And from a guy who has been racially profiled by police multiple times, I'm talking about myself. I'm telling you it is a very scary and it is a very humbling and it absolutely eats you to pieces being in that situation. Being, I've been in that situation, and it, it is just horrendous. I'm yeah. scared to death of it. And and these players want to be able to voice it out, and they should be able to because, one, they're human beings. They're just like the rest of the protesters. They have a chance to be able to voice their opinion. And then being NBA players doesn't take away that right. So quit treating them like circus animals because it's not. Yeah, I know a lot of cops, uh, family members 
who work in various different police forces around the country. Great people, very grounded. They understand what's right and wrong. Uh, they're put under immense pressure. Uh, I have tremendous respect for um, you know those who choose that as their profession. Um, but there are some just there have been too many actions by officers around the country, and uh, there there has to be something done differently. It's it's sad. It's disappointing. And and the I think the We're worst in thing twenty twenty yeah mean, and the worst thing about it and as you just brought up earlier is it's still going on, and the players have said okay you know what if it's still gonna happen we're gonna step out we're gonna step away from the game, and we're just gonna focus on making sure that we we have a voice we have an opinion and that it's heard. Because to be very honest with you, me speaking about my personal experiences. It's just me speaking out. But LeBron James doing it carries a ton of weight, an absolute lot of weight around the country and around the world. It can do that. Look, and, and Ajay, there's, there is a significant group of people who they're probably listening to this radio show and say, come on, guys, I want to listen to you to talk sports. I know there's a lot of people that they tune in to watch these games and they're like, oh, Black Lives Matter on the court, weird messages on the jerseys. After the game, I'm getting a lecture from a coach or a player about, um, you know, social injustice. I just want to watch sports. I, you know what, it, this is a this is a very real issue in America that's not getting fixed. And until it gets addressed, you're just going to have to expect to see more of it. Now, these are people that are using the the opportunity and the platform in front of them. To uh, to try to make a difference, I can't fault them for that. No, and 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 I don't, and I appreciate them sticking up for us who have been through that situation. They're they're sticking up for people like me. So if you expect me to come on here and say, you know what, we need to stop and stick to sports, you're not getting that. I'm not going to do that. And if you want to change the radio dial, by all means, go ahead, be my guest. But I've been through it enough, and these players have been through enough, and it makes and it just man, it makes me I emotionally just disgusted to see someone get shot seven times in the back. But yet a white person walks with a gun in the middle of the streets and uh, and kills a couple protesters. And all the police can do is come up and say, hey, if they wouldn't have been out past curfew, yada, 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 this would have never happened. Disgusting. Here's a section from a piece from the Associated Press. Video shows Rittenhouse, this is the 17-year-old kid with the machine gun. Video shows Rittenhouse walking directly towards four police vehicles, holding his weapon and his arms raised. People were shouting at police that he had just shot someone. The police vehicles drove past Rittenhouse and did not detain him. If that's a black guy doing it, he's shot right then and there. He's can't, he is... So he, it's just, it's frustrating. He takes four to five bullets in the body. It's, you know... <sighs> Frustrating. Let's take a break. Uh, coming back, you're going to hear that Doc Rivers. You heard from David Locke. If we haven't played the Doc Rivers statement, we probably should, and we're going to. We, yeah, absolutely. We planned on doing everybody so. needs to hear it. Uh, we're going to. You're going to hear from Doc Rivers in his post game last night. A very emotional statement about what's going on and what he demands and what he wants to see. That alone, that statement makes me think that the Clippers and Mavericks game will not see the court tomorrow. Uh, we're also going to talk. I mean, we'll tr- we'll get to the Nuggets and Jazz game at some point. I promise you that. We also got our stat that blew our mind and our Player of the Week. We'll get to all that as well. Uh, but again, breaking news: all three games today uh, have been boycotted by the players. Um, it, it, by the way, and the NBA has classified them as postponed, so nobody loses yeah, a game. No, so no, but you no know, it's interesting. Forfeit. MCW Michael Carter Williams came out from the Magic and said, "We didn't know about this. We had no idea." 2776. Eric, good work today, gentlemen. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Absolute our pleasure, 2776. And to all those who are listening, uh, appreciate you for doing so. Full Court Press uh, coming up here in uh, about three minutes. But don't forget, A1 Automotive and Performance offers a free three-year, 36,000-mile parts and labor warranty on any repair they do. You can call them at 752-9636. That's 435 435- 
752-9636. You can go to the new location at 1065 West, 600 North in Logan, uh, or go online at a1autoperformance.com. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Derek Francis, it's Alj Salson of the Full Court Press. I'm just cut the damn music. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I, I'm just tired of it. I don't want it. Um, I saw you doing a little, you know, <laughs> bobbing the shoulders over there. there. Hate that song too, by the way. Um, I, you know, Eric, I'm gonna open the veil up for just a little bit for our listeners. Just off the air, we we got off, and um, I loved what you said. You said I hate I hate having to talk about this, not because you, you disagree with the movement, but you I mean, we want to be able to talk about a great game five last night, an anticipated, much needed win for game six tomorrow afternoon. But instead, we have to talk about a cop who was irresponsible in the situ in the situation. Whether you think he was or not, that's that's totally your opinion, but. Uh, he, who blasted a guy seven times in the back and uh, and uh, has created, once again, the players, uh, this anger that they have about the way black people are treated and they want to they want their voice and opinion heard once again. And so this is what they do. They boycott the games. Well, it's an accumulation of three things. It's that another unarmed black man was shot in, in the back not just once, but seven times, that a, a, a white kid with a machine gun is walking around after shooting and killing people and officers pay him no mind because he looks like he's out there helping them keep the peace. When he blasted two people and got Burger King out of it. And then you have a police chief the next day come out and say well if you hadn't been breaking curfew you may not have been shot oh yeah and it's unfortunate that kid like unloaded and killed a few people it's like that's an afterthought yeah it's like there's just such a disconnect there so i get it especially if you're the milwaukee bucks i mean your players you represent that state you represent those communities uh and you'd be livid like what what are we doing and basketball is is just basketball. Yeah, it's a livelihood for a lot of people, but this is to some life and death. Not just a livelihood, but life and death. And that's why I said what I said in the break is I hate having to talk about this. I'm by no means anyway a an expert on social justice and injustice and and history. But man, we sure have to talk about it a lot lately. I'd much rather be talking about effective field goal percentage and who did a better job on what guy defending and why did the ball bounce that way and why did it cause a difference in the last two minutes of the game? Amen, brother. But today we have to con- we still have to talk about this issue that some people in our community just still do not get. And it's so frustrating and fatiguing to me. Do you want to know who else is frustrated? Doc Rivers. His team blasted Dallas Mavericks in a pivotal game five last night. And in the post game, there was more important things on Coach Rivers' mind. Listen to this. What stands out to me is um, just just watching the Republican convention and this they're spewing this fear. Right, like all you hear Donald Trump and all of them talking about fear. We're the ones getting killed. We're the ones getting shot. Uh, we're the ones that we're denied to live in certain communities. Um, we've been hung. We've been shot. And 
all you do is keep hearing my fear. It's it's amazing to me why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. And it's just, it's really so sad. Like I should just be a coach. And it's so often reminded of my color. You know, it's just really sad. We gotta do better. Uh, but we got to demand better. Like we got, you know, it's, it's funny. We protest and they send riot guards, right? Uh, they send people in riot outfits. They go to Michigan with guns and they're spitting on cops and nothing happens. The training has to change in the police force. The unions have to be taken down in the police force. My dad was a cop. I believe in good cops. We're not trying to defund the police and take all their money away. We're trying to get them to protect us. Just like they protect everybody else. Uh, and how dare the Republicans talk about fear? We're the ones that need to be scared. We're the ones having to talk every to every black child. What white father has to give his son a talk about being careful if you get pulled over? LA Clippers coach, head coach Doc Rivers, just after the Mavericks were blasted by his Clippers squad to take a 3-2 series lead. But honestly, after the game, no one cared about the game itself. Um, well, one of the things I was going to ask David, and uh, I'm kind of glad I, I, I didn't. I think we had other important things to ask, but I think he also kind of answered it, but you, you've got you've got players and, and coaches that are are speaking up and basically becoming social justice warriors, for lack for a better term. Um, and some of them are more educated than others. Some of them are more. Uh, have more detail and more information than others, but you can't take away the the you can't dispute the the passion, the pain, and the frustration that any one of them have. Um, these guys, a lot of these guys, they they pursued basketball as a sport as a profession, either to play the game or to coach the game. They didn't pursue being social justice commentators to be, you know, their their main focus of their life. But a lot of these have, people have been thrust into this because they see an opportunity to use their voice, to use their platform and try to stand up for um, you know, what's right and what's wrong and to correct what's wrong. You know, it's interesting. We, these players who are in this situation in Orlando, in this bubble, with everything that has gone on, as David said, like watching stuff going on outside the bubble and they're inside and they feel like they're, you know, quote unquote, maybe trapped from being able to help. According to Marcus Spears of ESPN, it's he's kind of getting the feeling that players aren't sure if they even want to stay in the bubble anymore. What have you heard, Mark, in terms of what players want before they would either come back on the basketball court or just stay in the bubble? Uh, I think they're confused as to not what they want, but whether they should even be here or not. Uh, over the last couple of days, whether it was Doc Rivers or, or Jalen Brown or Pascal Siakam this morning, it's the first time I saw not only anger but despair and no answers. I, I, I don't know if there is a way to change but I feel like they think that they're, you know, be, they're entertaining everybody through all this, and they feel like pawns through this whole thing. They, they, I, I, you know, they, they feel like they're dancing to entertain everybody when they could be at home, making their families feel better. Where they could be at home protesting, as Jalen Brown said, he wished he was protesting. He said yesterday. So I, I don't know that there is an answer, uh, but I know there is a protest right now, and they know that. Their voices are strong. They told us they're going to use their voices. 
They told us they're going to use their platform, and they're doing it now by shutting down this game. And it's not just on our sports network. It's on all the news networks. It's, it's being talked about globally. So, yeah, no, this is uh, something that we'll never forget. Here's the thing is that he brings up a great point. Uh, the, this is nothing new. There, is, there wasn't like you were warned or that you weren't warned, excuse me. The world was warned by the NBA that they would continue to voice and use their platform to demand justice, to demand equality, to demand fairness. They warned the world. So nobody should be surprised that when after uh, Jacob Blake gets shot seven times in the back by a police officer, that LeBron James, Donovan Mitchell, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and all these other teams are like, you know what, F it. If you don't want to, if, if you don't think we're taking it serious, watch us. We don't need the game of basketball to use our platform. We are a platform as the NBA. We don't need to be on a basketball court to do that. We can do it elsewhere. Uh, just saw this. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff, oh. former coach in the NBA. And is he coaching right now? Is he on a squad? Not sure. Uh, anyway, something that he he put out there that I thought you know really good, uh, very timely and, and important. Says if you can watch, cheer, celebrate, and share in their pain on the court, you should share in their pain off the court, and show empathy for them if you value them as human beings. Acknowledge that they are hurting. Ask why. They are more than entertainment. Close quote. Which kind of goes with what you were saying. You know, they're not they're not circus animals. They're out there just to entertain us. They're not, their whole purpose isn't to just provide pleasure. Uh, and uh, yes, we, we tune to those games because we enjoy watching the sport. We love the game. We love watching these sports. We love the competition. We love the battles that are going on. But we have to recognize that these are human beings that have real pain. Check and this. are really frustrated. Check this out. Kenny the Jet Smith on Inside the NBA, him, Ernie Davis, Shaq, and Charles, uh, they're having a conversation, uh, and Ernie starts with a question, Kenny answers it, and then uh, I'll play. This is coming from Rob Perez, and he does everything with his phone to the TV camera, so we'll give you the best audio possible. Oh, NBA on TNT has it. Oh, does it? Here. Oh, there it is. Let's do this one. Let's see how this sounds. Uh, this is uh, Kenny the Jet Smith on Inside the NBA with Shaq, Ernie, and Charles Barkley. Right now, my head is like ready to explode, like just in the thoughts of what's going on. And uh, I don't know if I'm even appropriate enough to say it, what the, what the players are feeling and how they're feeling. And... Um, I haven't talked to any of the players. I'm just but like coming in, even like driving here and getting into into the into the studio, hearing calls and people talking. And for me, I think the biggest thing now is to kind of. As a black man, as a former player, I think it's for best for me to support the players and just not be here tonight. And figure out what happens after that. I just don't feel And I respect that. It shows Jenny, uh, Kenny the Smith. <clears throat> Kenny the Jet Smith. I can't speak. Uh, Kenny Smith walking off, walking off the set. I <laughs> And watching Shaq and Charles sit there and think, huh. We should go too. And I, and it wouldn't surprise me that the thought from Ernie Davis, uh, who's Ernie Johnson, Ernie Johnson. I keep calling him Ernie Davis. Excuse me, Ernie Johnson. If the thought from his head was, "Why are we even doing a show?" Like he brings up a great point. Why are we even here? Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they're still on the air right now as we speak. Actually, they're they're still doing their thing. It, it is Shaq, Charles, and Ernie Johnson right now. That is uh, at the table. 
Um, I, we were able to, when this was starting to unfold this afternoon, you and I have the benefit of being in a facility that we can turn on a TV and, and focus on that a little bit. And uh, NBA TV uh, did a phenomenal job. Yeah. In the moment, uh, talking about what was happening with the with some uncertainty and uh, uh, and having these discussions, open discussions. And uh, a lot of people were tuning in to see what was going on. And it provided a platform for them to share those those thoughts, the emotions, their own personal experiences. And I think that's what's going on with uh, you know these other broadcasts this evening, and it's transcending beyond what would normally happen on a sports channel, on a time normally devoted to just sports. It is transcending that into other outlets, um, and to uh, raise the discussion to a new level. Piranhas tweets in. Um and I love Piranhas, too. And we appreciate him being a part of our show all the time. Uh, he says, honest question, AJ. And I don't condone what, it, what is happening. But why is Jacob Blake's incident so much different than a five-year-old white boy, Cannon Hinnon, I believe, I, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right, being shot and killed by a black man? Doesn't even make the news. Just like to hear a point of view. Okay, so that story did make the news. Uh, I want to correct that because I've seen that, that argument that's been out there from some people. Uh, it didn't make the the news, um, and there was a tremendous outpouring of support from a GoFundMe campaign in support of his family. So, uh, like I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, but I, I don't I don't want to go there because it's an old argument that doesn't hold water. And I think he might be pointing out to why didn't the players boycott their games? You know when that came up, or why didn't they? Why didn't they go out and speak about that? You know, of a, of a little boy being shot when many of these NBA players have little kids as well. So the 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 point there is to this, and I'll say this to anybody else who's wondering the same thing: is what happened with Jacob Blake, what happened with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so many others, is that these were situations where people in authority who are supposed to protect uh, use lethal force when. It appeared lethal force wasn't necessary. Um, and and it consistently against uh, you know black people at a much higher rate. Um, and so then than other um, ethnic groups, if you want to put it that way. So I think that's where there's so much frustration and so much angst uh, among the black community. Is that everything that happened this late spring with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor about the same time? Time has passed since then. There's been protests. There's been a lot of discussions. But then this happened just the other, just yesterday, um, and uh, or the day, what was it? Was it Tuesday or Monday? It's this, all blended this together. This whole asshole week's been a blur. I but it just it happens again, and so it's like it, there's. We're not making progress. Progress can be slow, but it appears that it's not moving at all when something like this happens. So that's why they're talking about it. Uh, but I and I'll add on. You're not going to talk about every time somebody gets hurt or somebody gets shot. But there's a pattern, and that's what this whole thing is about. There's a pattern here by people wearing a badge who have authority, who are supposed to protect or defuse bad situations, uh, are choosing to end someone's life um, at a much higher rate than, than other people. When a, when a white guy with a machine gun is walking around after shooting someone and police just turn the other way and just don't even give him the time of day, like it doesn't matter, do you need many other evidences that there's a problem? You know, I uh, we gotta go to break here in just a bit. But to if I may share my end of this this thought here on on Cannon's situation, I feel absolutely sick. I feel absolutely disgusted. I feel absolutely heartbroken for Cannon's family. When I saw and read about that, I was I was disgusted within myself that someone would do that to an innocent little boy, five years old, riding his bike, and you. And you shoot him and you kill him. And justice will be brought upon the man who shot him. I can guarantee you that. I can't guarantee you that those who shot Breonna Taylor 
Jacob Blake. Um, I can't guarantee you they're going to get justice as they should get. That's what scares me. That's what I'm frustrated by. The man who shot the little boy is going to get his. And he's going to get it good. But the officers who killed these innocent people are going to get off the hook. Well, and that's, that's where I get mad. Yeah, that's another part of the concern is that um, that it seems like it's a very minor slap on the wrist of even that. Well, investigation, or is an investigation even done? Is one does one get take place? Do officers who kill unarmed person um, that doesn't seem provoked uh, or you know consistently putting your your knee on their neck and suffocating somebody when you don't need to do that. Uh, you know, so what, what kind of repercussions do they have? Let's take a break. We got to, we got to get out of here. We're going to run up into our second hour. We'll come back on hour number two. Again, no games tonight. We will wait to uh, hear the news of if there will be games tomorrow uh, after the boycott from the NBA. It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and AJ Salveson here on the Full Court Press. We'll get you ready for hour number two. Uh, David Locke, join us in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll post that audio as soon as we can. Great stuff from him. Uh, we'll get you ready for hour number two coming up here on the... And we'll hear from Quinn Snyder from uh, last night, his reaction. to that I'm Dan Patrick, game. and this is Above the Noise. For anyone who was holding on to the illusion that sports and politics aren't going to mix or shouldn't, 2020 probably should put that notion to rest. Both the right and left focus on sports, and athletes themselves continue to insert themselves into larger discussions. Yesterday, the sports world reacted to the shooting of Jacob Blake. The Detroit Lions decided not to practice. NBA players reportedly discussed several options, including suspending games. I know these are complicated. Complicated issues, complicated times, and some people want athletes to just stay out of this, but it's not going to happen. Sports aren't going back to normal, and I don't know when or if they will. Hopefully, even if you disagree with some of the things athletes are saying, at least we can admit these are conversations we should be having. Or maybe not. Maybe you believe sports and politics can't mix at all. Fortunately, we have a choice in what we watch. If it's too much, turn the channel. But hopefully right or wrong, players make you think, in addition to entertaining us as usual. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.